Hey again, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Doing fine. I'm, uh, like, drenched. We've been dealing with this uh, tropical storm. This is the third day of it. It's crazy. That sounds nuts, but it's really true. It started raining associated with the storm on Saturday down here on the coast, and yesterday was the worst day. Today it's getting better, but it is still really wet and in downtown mobile i'd say the wind's consistently blowing around 30 miles an hour yeah i know it's got to be tough for you guys down there but one thing that's not tough and one thing that comes in some tropical flavors is built bar we're brought to you by built bar the locked on network and we appreciate them so much um go check out builtbar.com so jimmy yeah you guys are getting pelted down there there's no doubt about it um Hopefully it'll get a little bit better. And, you know, it's just, <laughs> that's just 2020 for you. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> I saw, I saw a good tweet from dad jokes today that says, uh, you know, 2020 doesn't need to end because that means 2021. Like the homonym. Yeah, gotcha. Uh, it wasn't uh, great. Ooh. I didn't say it was a good joke. I just said it was a joke. Um, ooh, that's a so, joke. All right. Yeah, and let me tell a quick story real quick, and then we're going to get into some uh, Alabama stuff and specifically uh, the COVID test and, and five players who tested positive and also uh, the, the J.C. Latham news. We'll talk about that. But, you know, in this story, I'm about to tell you, I actually wrote a little article about it for the paper tomorrow. And um, so I have three children that live in Ohio. If you listen to this podcast, you know that. And I have one child here in Birmingham with my wife. and. Uh, so we took them all to Birmingham, downtown Birmingham, Saturday before I was about to take the other three back to Ohio because there's a huge sign that says, Welcome to the Magic City or something like that. It's about 50 foot tall. Um, it's uh, a beautiful uh, fabricated sign out of steel. It's really nice, sort of an homage to Birmingham's iron history, too. And some florists, because of all that went on last week and, and the week before, really, I mean, these protests and um, this social awakening has been going on for about two and a half weeks now or two weeks. Um, some local florists, about 30 of them, went and decorated the sign and just sort of as a symbol of hope and, you know, hey, look, things are going to get better. Uh, it doesn't all have to be awful right now. You know, try to look to the future kind of thing. So we went out there to go take a few pictures and just see it, you know. Um, we go there and there are a bunch of people getting their graduation pictures because obviously you hadn't been able to do that this year. And um, again, I apologize. I'm on the road. So excuse the bumps. But uh, so anyway, we, we go out there and there there's uh, an older black lady there. And um, with there's several folks there, but she just sort of stood out. She was getting pictures made by herself in front of the sign. And. So we took our family pictures and it took us about 30 seconds because there was, was a big group of people waiting. So we made it real quick. And as we're walking away, the lady, she had on her COVID mask in the old nine yards, but she said, thank you. And I mean, before I could say for what, because I was like, you know, yeah, my, I, I, we didn't do anything. I mean, we, we just came here. Um, she said, uh, just thanks for being here. You know, she pulled her mask down, just really smile and just say, thanks for being here. And and my wife quickly said, no, thank you for being here. I mean, we're, and she goes, you know, it's just so nice 
that we got so many different people out here right now, just out in front of this thing, and I'm not having to think about all the awfulness. And um, and she, and we start struck up a conversation with her, and she's got three sons that are all in Colorado. Weirdly to me, I mean, I was like, why are you in Birmingham? Are you from Colorado? She goes, no, uh, just, you know, they all ended up in Colorado and um, they're different cities in Colorado. And we, we talked for a while and, and then she, you know, everybody said goodbye and she left. And it was just nice for five minutes to not um, be down and, and be uh, depressed and be pessimistic about the future. I mean, she, you know, and she wouldn't doing anything other than being there we weren't doing anything other than being there and it was just kind of cool and i mean it it for a moment just made us feel optimistic and nobody really did anything except talk about just regular day stuff for a minute and that's not to uh demonize or or shoot down or the importance of anything that's going on right now and, and there are some important things that are happening but i just thought it was kind of cool just to talk to somebody who we had no idea who she was. She had no idea who we were. And um, everybody was just being nice. And I just thought it was kind of cool. That is kind of cool. It's nice to, uh, it's nice for 2020 to be something other than murder hornets. <laughs> that, you know what? That If 2020 had a mascot, it would be the murder <laughs> hornet, right? <laughs> no, no question. It's been the strangest. I mean, like, it just wouldn't, I mean, what you just wouldn't doing? believe all that has happened. You just wouldn't believe it uh, if, if you didn't live it. And, uh, and here we are, and uh, it's such an up-down, it's such an upside-down world. I watched another NASCAR race from beginning to end yesterday afternoon. I mean, that's the end time. That's the end times right there. And, uh, and heck, I'm enjoying it. Uh, next weekend, there'll actually be a golf tournament. And I'm a big golf fan. Uh, love to play golf, like to watch golf, like everything about it. And I was joking uh, with the Mrs. over, gosh, it's going to be tough next Sunday afternoon. Do I go with the golf or the NASCAR? And, uh, you know, she was half joking with the uh, who are you as she was uh, writing out in long form her uh, divorce papers. Because <laughs> that is a she, liked, she liked golf People. Jimmy a lot more. She likes golf Jimmy a lot more than she likes NASCAR Jimmy. You know, yesterday, folks, I wanted to cut a podcast because it, it gets tough for us sometimes for Jimmy and me to cut these because we, we don't live in the same city. So we got to, you know, and he's a he's a law talking guy and I'm I'm a iron peddler with 17 kids. And so we got a lot of things going on. And so we just got to sort of make it work. And so yesterday I was hoping, oh, man, it'd be a great day to do a podcast. And Jimmy's like, no, nah, can't do it. NASCAR. And I was like, yeah, that, 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 none of that sounds right, but I'm just not going to touch it. Um, it's 2020. I never, I, I never would have believed it. I mean, if you just told me just six months ago, no, if you told me in, in February that I would watch eight NASCAR races in 2020, I'd be going like, did my brother leave his job as a CPA and now he's a NASCAR driver, even though I'm not even sure he gets <laughs> all the way to, I'm not sure he gets all the way to 65 on the Nashville interstates when he's at work. And, uh, but the only way I'm watching NASCAR as if my brother has been uh, hired by the Hendricks Motorsports Racing Team, and I'm going to start watching my brother. That would be the only explanation I would have. But uh, no, uh, I'm watching NASCAR because all live sports has been canceled, and this is the first one back, and I'm just desperate to watch people who are elite at what they do compete against one another to try to win a bunch of money. And uh, 
And, and it, you know, just like anything else, you know, you watch it a few times, you get a little educated on it, and you, uh, you find some things to like. And, uh, yeah, I've, I've enjoyed it. Isn't it kind of funny, too? I thought about this this weekend because it was on some channel somewhere that uh, 2020 is the only year that can make me wish that we were actually living in the movie 2012. Which was awful. <laughs> I mean, at it least was 2012. So bad. They got it over with so quick. I mean, you know. Yeah, at least it only lasted two hours. I mean, 2020 is going over a year. Um, all right, everybody. Listen, one thing that is not awful, it's the opposite of awful. It's incredible. That's Built Bar. Go check out Built Bar, builtbar.com. Use the promo code locked on for $10 off your first order. I'm telling you, it's delicious. Jimmy and I only tell truths here, and it's delicious. Go check it out. Built Bar, B-U-I-L-T-B-A-R.com. Go check them out. They've got all these magnificent flavors. Um, my favorite is the pineapple upside down cake. It's awesome. Uh, and, and it tastes like a like something you buy in the impulse aisle at the grocery store or the convenience store, but it, it is healthy. It is healthier than, than anything that I just mentioned. And it, it's better than a cliff bar. I, that ought to be their motto. And usually, you know, people don't like to do that branding. They always just say, I'm, I'm better than a cliff bar. And they like, oh, okay. And uh, then you try it, you see that it is. So go check out Bill Bar. Jimmy, uh, some, some, some news this past weekend, or really, I guess late last week, five Alabama players tested positive uh, for COVID. Obviously, we don't know who they are. Um, there's rumors floating around that it's definitely not Mac Jones, um, which I think a lot of people were concerned about. But uh, other than that, I don't think anybody knows at all who it is. And meanwhile, Auburn tested positive. Uh, three players tested positive there. So Alabama won five to three. Uh, I don't know if that's positive or not. but uh, So – yeah, I don't know what exactly this means. I'll be I'll be honest. I'm a little shocked it was that low. Yeah, I mean that number doesn't. Uh, I mean the, the only weird thing to me is if you want to call it weird at all is uh, several schools the number of positives leaked out and I have not seen one higher than Alabama's. That's kind of that's kind of interesting to me though. <laughs> like I mean Auburn had three, Ole Miss I think has two, and and uh, uh, Marshall had two, and Texas A&M had two. Uh, it's just kind of, kind of funny to me how wait, Alabama has five. And then I read a great uh, article on uh, SI.com by Ross Dellinger, who's a great college football writer, about how all the schools are free to handle the return uh, to activity uh, as they wish. And everyone seems to have a different testing policy. Everyone does. No one. It's not being done in a uniform manner. And one thing that will be really interesting after it all plays out is, you know, who who had the smartest plan it's in it. and not, not as a means to criticize, but like everybody's doing this differently. Uh, and Alabama tested everyone before, uh, before the official activities began, which is today. Um, so everyone was tested. Everyone who was, who did test positive was quarantined uh, through contact tracing. Other others were quarantined that have close contact with, uh, with the positive players. And, uh, and to my knowledge, uh, from the inside, to my knowledge, we don't have a big problem with spread at all. So that's that's all I can say, or all I really know is that we don't we don't have a problem with spread, uh, not yet. Uh, maybe we will down the road because you know you can get infected, even though they're going to try to keep the team uh, 
kind of confined during these workouts best they can. Uh, you know, all you need is the, 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 you know, the Domino's pizza delivery guy, you know, he's positive and, you know, delivers pizza to one of our guys and we can have an infection again. So, uh, you never really know, uh, but so far so good. And thankfully all I'm going to really care about is, you know, obviously I'll be concerned if any of our players or staff or anyone associated with our athletic department gets really sick, has to be hospitalized, you know, that, that will be a real, a real shame. Hopefully, hopefully it won't come to that so far. So good. Do you think, uh, you, you would think that with all this deer antler spray, it would help. With, I mean, why do we have so many more? Um, but, you know, here, I have a question for you as a law-talking guy. If, all right, if we come back and play football, and if somebody for any team anywhere contracts the disease or the virus and dies, would there be some liability there or do they get these kids to sign some waiver saying, look, right. you know, if you don't want to play, that's fine. And I think that ought to be the, the approach taken from every university. Look, if you don't want to play out of fear for this, fine. Um, we'll honor your scholarship. No problem. Um, and, you know, that's just that. But uh, if you do want to play, you must sign this waiver. It, it, can something like that happen? I think something like that can can happen and likely does to, to, to some extent or another as, as, as so much of their as so much of this has to be, you know, hand, handled like that. But however, my, my answer to the first general question, even without any sort of waiver of liability, is most likely not for two or three reasons. Uh, and just off the top of my head reasons. Number one, the University of Alabama has some level of tort immunity. That's the state of the University of Alabama is the state of Alabama. The state of Alabama is immune from all lawsuits. Why? Well, because the state legislators in Montgomery voted and said, you know what? It's going to be easier to do business here if we can't be sued. So you can't sue the state of Alabama, except for a handful of, of, of reasons like violations of civil rights. You could do that. But but in, in terms of like just general torts, which, you know, torts are lawsuits, you know, lawsuits. It's for negligence or, or, or accidents or someone got sick and died. I mean, those are tort claims. And uh, Alabama, the state of Alabama is immune from those type suits. Secondly, here's another thing. Uh, as a lawyer, putting my lawyer hat on, there's this. Um, you would have to not only prove that you, you got, you would have to prove you got COVID because of exposure to the university and the football team and the equipment, I think proving where you got it is going to eliminate a lot of the lawsuits because the first defense is, how do you know where you got it? How do you know you didn't get it from the Domino's pizza guy? How do you know where, where you actually contracted this? In fact, we take all these precautions. Chances are, you know, you got it from somewhere else. So, and third, third, to me, it's like this, and it's with the fans, uh, too, as a lawyer. Um, if you're a fan and you go to a game this fall and a few days after leaving the game, you test positive for COVID and you get sick and you end up on a ventilator, you even die, and you think you're going to sue uh, because you went to a football game and you got sick there and you're going to sue them because that's where you got it, there isn't a jury in this country that's going to give you five cents because – Everyone knows the dangers of COVID. Everyone knows it's infectious. Everyone knows that if you go into a large crowd 
you may very likely contract this, especially if you're at risk. So I think on assumption of risk alone, uh, no one would be successful with suits like that. Um, Now, the exceptions would be companies or maybe universities or sporting events where all of these precautions could be put into place and they refuse to do it. Like, for instance, if you're the one stadium that's like, you know what, it's too expensive. We're not doing hand sanitizers. We're not making masks available. We're not making hand sanitizers free. We're not doing temperature checks, even though it would only cost us about $10,000 to do it. We're not doing that. We're not doing this. We're not doing this. And you're like the only one who doesn't do it. And you get a bunch of people sick. That could be an exception because there are some reasonable things that the stadiums can do to make people more uh, likely not to contract the disease. But in terms of players and their families suing, uh, again, assumption of risk, tort immunity, how do you know where you got it? Uh, And also it just appears to be the science that if you have no underlying conditions and you're under the age of 50, (laughs) much less under the age of 25, Uh, the odds that you're going to get really sick from COVID are are long. Uh, Now, I'm more worried. If we're going to worry about something, it's our asymptomatic kids giving it to someone on our coaching or support staff who's older and has a pre-existing condition. Uh, That would be a completely legitimate worry. And that's why you might see, Luke, this fall, some older coaches uh, wearing masks at practice and in the games. That might be something we see this fall. Weirdly, what I took out of all this that you've just said, and it was all very poignant and enlightening, is that you've got a real hard-on for dominoes. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of hungry. To be honest, I'm hungry. You have thrown thrown dominoes (laughs) under the bus like four times today. What the hell? (laughs) Well, I was thinking about pizza for lunch today, and uh, that might be my. I don't want to get out. I don't want to get out in this stuff. Can I order Domino's to come deliver it to me? I, I, it took my normal my normal fifteen minute drive to work this morning took an hour because of the storms and flooding and everything else. Oh man, we can scratch Domino's as a potential locked on sponsor. You can bet on that. <laughs> um, Right, Jimmy, it's good pizza. Gonna, that's, why, uh, that's why it comes to mind. That's why it came to mind. It's yeah. good pizza. So, Jimmy, let's talk some recruiting now. Um, J.C. Latham, five-star by most accounts, uh, offensive lineman out of IMG Academy, which is just a, a factory for incredible football players, is uh, going to be apparently going to be announcing soon. He made no announcement when he would announce but he basically announced on Twitter that he would be announcing soon. And um, it sure seems like Alabama is the leader at this point. Ohio State was at one time, but Alabama appears to be now. And if you factor in him with, say, the Brockermeyer brothers, which everybody believes they will commit to Alabama at some point in this process, maybe sooner rather than later as well, then, man, this offensive line class gets pretty sick pretty quick. Yeah, I'm very excited about J.C. Latham. It's sort of the opposite situation that we had from Christian Leary, who, who for a long time had set a commitment date for Saturday, for two days ago, and then decided he was not going to commit Saturday. That was bad news for Alabama. 
because he had been leaning to Alabama throughout much of the process. You know, he'd been kind of like, hey, you know, I'll, Alabama was, was the leader, and then the decision is postponed. Now it's like, well, not so fast, Alabama. He's obviously, obviously other things are under consideration. With Latham, it's different. Here's a guy that all throughout the process to this point has been thought to be an Ohio State guy. I think he's originally from the Midwest before uh, attending IMG. Thought to be an Ohio State guy. And that changed about maybe a month ago, six weeks ago. All of a sudden, here comes all this Alabama talk. And as Alabama talk simmers up, now, boom, he starts talking about, hey, I might want to want to commit now. Uh, so kind of the opposite of Leary. Uh, this is good for Alabama. The sooner Latham commits, the better for Alabama, whereas Leary putting it off, not as good news. But what kind of players J.C. Latham, he, he, he's fantastic. I've, I've watched the tape a couple of times as Alabama's gotten – very involved with him. Um, the player I compare him to, and, and this is good news across the board, uh, he reminds me a lot of Cam Robinson in terms of what they look like at the same stage, the arm length, the ability, how he can be so light on his feet. He's clearly a tackle. Most of the time, tackle guard center doesn't really matter a lot. It does with this kid. He is a tackle. Uh, it's the hardest position to play on the offensive line. Uh, tackles are sort of made guards. I mean, ta- tackles are sort of born and then the guards, they're sort of made. That's the way I look at it. But, but he, he's born to do this. He, he's got the great NFL frame with long arms and he's light on his feet. Uh, he's a smart kid. He's very mature. Uh, I, I just like JC Latham a lot. And uh, again, Cam Robinson started very early in his career at Alabama. Latham is that type. And if you get him as your first, Offensive line commitment, it's a heck of a building block. Um, there's the Brockermeyers. I know there's there's all sorts of reasons to be optimistic, and, and I feel Alabama's optimistic, and the recruiting industry guys are basically starting to pencil them into Alabama. But there are legions of ties to Texas with the Brockermeyers, myself. To me, you're going to have to be Missouri. You're going to have to show me. I'm going to I'm going to the commitment stories that they actually committed to Alabama when it happens, just because those kids just seem so locked into to the University of Texas. Uh, I, I'll believe it when I see it, though I do acknowledge that the typical sources you would go to about where kids might end up all seem to be pointing to Alabama with the Brockermeyer twins. And then, of course, there's the there was some talk of maybe a week or so ago, of a quarterback out of the Starkville area that's committed to Florida State uh, that Alabama is back in on because – or not back in on, uh, initially in on, I guess, um, because Alabama may have missed out on – or I don't know if missed out's the right word. I guess missed out's the right word on some other quarterbacks, the the kid that just committed to USC, and and then you got Jalen Milrow out of Texas, who a lot of people thought Alabama was uh, potentially going to flip from Texas, but he hadn't flipped yet, so – that's raised a few eyebrows about whether or not it'll actually happen. Uh, but, you know, with Florida State and Mike Norvell, he got in a little bit of hot water with some players over the last week, and maybe that will affect his recruitment somewhat. And distance could be an issue, too. So talk a little bit about him. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Luke Altmaier. I was long before I knew Alabama would be involved with him. Uh, you know, I like watching quarterback tape, especially, and, I, and I'd seen Altmaier um, real – He's a real 2020 type quarterback in one sense. He, you know, like some point guards are 
you know, there's different types of point guards, right? I mean, there's the scorer, there's the distributor, there's the athlete, there's the ball. There, there's a, he's, a, he's a ball distributor, uh, not a scorer, but he's almost like uh, John Stockton even. I mean, where, where what he brings to the table is he is going to manage the game and then he's going to get the ball quickly and accurately to the scorers. Uh, he's not a guy that's going to wow you with his arm. He's not a premium athlete. Uh, nothing about uh, about him physically is going to blow you away. Very average sized guy. Uh, but uh, where he really stands out is catches it, and then he throws it very accurately to the right guy, time and time and time and time again. And that makes him a very twenty twenty type quarterback to me as football has transitioned to the idea that it's sort of basketball on grass and the quarterback is a point guard. Uh, he's, a, he's a distributor, scorer, and the way Tua was a scorer, Tua is big and strong and unbelievable with the deep ball, and, and that's why Tua was the fifth pick in the draft. I don't think Altmaier would have that sort of NFL value, but who cares? It's college football. It's not NFL football, and I think Luke Altmaier would be a great pickup for Alabama, especially in a year where you knew going in it was going to be tough to sign a blue guy and a Bryce Young, you know, where kids don't want to sign up to just sit on the bench. Well, Altmaier wouldn't necessarily be signing up to sit on the bench, but Altmaier is also not one of these guys that is a, a threat to win the Elite 11 and, and, and be considered one of the top five or six guys in the country. Uh, but I, I think it would happen. Altmaier... Uh, committed to Florida State very early after Norville was hired. And that's because Norville was the first to offer him. Norville at Memphis was the first to find and, and fall for, for Altmaier. And uh, he had Memphis solidly in the mix. Then Norville goes to Florida State Altmaier quickly uh, after that happened. So uh, we'll see if Altmaier will divorce himself from Norville. My guess is he won't, but I won't be surprised if he does. Uh, Tuscaloosa is a lot more convenient to Luke and his family. So I won't be shocked if it's Alabama. All right, buddy. Well, thanks for another great enlightening uh, recruiting report, I guess. I don't know. I'm trying to be nice here towards the end. Um, well, the team's, uh, team's working out today. There's not much to add there. I mean, but it is notable today. Today's a notable day in the 2020 season. It's the, Today is the first day since March 12th, I believe. First day since March 12th team is all together. Now, I'm not sure if they're doing it in groups or however they're defining it, but the Alabama football team is working out in the Alabama team facilities today. No more no more band field video necessary. They are allowed to use university facilities under the direction of university staff uh, starting today. So uh, building the 2020 Alabama football team uh, begins today. Yeah, and I saw that you tweeted out like the first NFL preseason games only what sixty days away. That that's it's now, I, now fifty nine. I'm excited for yeah, it. Now fifty nine. Well, I, I, I count. That, I mean, I, I look forward to it every year, not because fans so misconstrue that. Like I'm sitting around, you know, as excited to see an NFL preseason game as I would be, you know, the Super Bowl. That's that's it's it's different. It's symbolic. It's not that that's going to be a barner of a football game or, oh, this will be a classic Cowboys versus Steelers preseason. No, it's the fact that it's the start. It's the start. It's, it's real football 
being played by teams that, that, that are set, their rosters are, are being set for the 2020 football season. It's just the start of it. So, yeah, I count down to it. It's, 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 the, starting, uh, it's the starting gun. It's the tip-off. It's the kickoff. 59 days away, Steelers, Cowboys, with, with a few Bammers out there. Can you name them yeah. all? I mean, that's tough. There's a couple of there's a couple of uh, there's at least one Steeler and one Cowboy that's tough to name that are all that are Alabama well, guys. Minka and um, and Amari are the two easy ones. Then right. oh god, who's the defensive lineman that's with the Steelers now? Um, Correct, Juco from Mississippi Gulf yeah, Coast. Ju- I, I know my memory's so terrible now. Yeah, I know. Um, my, my, that's why I'm glad I don't get to ask this stuff because I I'd, I'd screw it up every time without. <laughs> But uh, bugs, right? Isaiah, oh yeah, Isaiah uh, bugs. Right. And then for the Cowboys, two more high the pro- There's two more high profile uh, guys. For the Cowboys, I would say one was a free agent, one was a draftee. Ooh, um, I don't ha, remember. Ha, yeah, ha ha. Oh, ha, ha yeah. was signed by the Cowboys, and they drafted Trayvon Diggs in the second round. Ooh, they but, could, man, what a uh, Bama centric yeah. secondary. But there's some deep, deep down the rosters of the Steelers and the Cowboys. The Cowboys also feature, how about this name from the <laughs> Savion Smith, who's currently under oh, contract wow. with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, not expected to make the team, I would say. And yeah, more I likely would. to make the team, more likely to make the team, but also down the list for the Steelers, but more likely to make the team than Savion for the Pittsburgh Steelers center, J.C. Hossenauer is a Pittsburgh Steeler. Oh, wow. Jeez, yeah. I like how you're doing so, all this so studying got, already. Uh, just uh, get excited. Steelers and Cowboys. I would know the rosters just as well if it was two teams, but that's who drew the short straw for the NFL Hall of Fame game on NBC Thursday, the night before the traditional start of Alabama fall camp. Though this year, it's not official, and I'm not saying this like it's scoop. I, I'm adding two and two, so I don't really know what's going to happen. But as of now, it appears that what we used to call the start of fall camp, which is roughly the you know a Friday four weeks before kickoff, it's now going to be Friday six weeks before kickoff. All right. Well, uh, that's going to wrap us up, everybody. Roll Tide. Roll Tide.